Section One of the Battle of the Books. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Battle of the Books and Other Short Pieces by Jonathan Swift. Section One. A full and true account of the battle fought last Friday between the ancient and the modern books in St. James' Library. Whoever examines with due circumspection into the annual records of time will find it remarked that war is the child of pride, and pride the daughter of riches, the former of which assertions may soon be granted, but one cannot so easily subscribe to the latter, for pride is nearly related to beggary and want, either by father or mother, and sometimes by both, and, to speak naturally, it very seldom happens among men to fall out when all have enough invasions usually travelling from north to south that is to say from poverty to plenty the most ancient and natural grounds of quarrels are lust and avarice which though we may allow to be brethren or collateral branches of pride are certainly the issues of want for to speak in the phrase of writers upon politics we may observe in the republic of dogs which in its original seems to be an institution of the many that the whole state is ever in the profoundest peace after a full meal and that civil broils arise among them when it happens for one great bone to be seized on by some leading dog who either divides it among the few and then it falls to an oligarchy or keeps to it to himself and then it runs up to a tyranny the same reasoning also holds place among them in those dissensions we behold upon a turgescency in any of their females for the right of possession lying in common it being impossible to establish a property in so delicate a case jealousies and suspicions do so abound that the whole commonwealth of that street is reduced to a manifest state of war of every citizen against every citizen till some one of more courage conduct or fortune than the rest seizes and enjoys the pride upon which naturally arises plenty of heart-burning and envy and snarling against the happy dog again if we look upon any of these republics engaged in a foreign war either of invasion or defence we shall find the same reasoning will serve as to the grounds and occasions of each and that poverty or want in some degree or other whether real or in opinion which makes no alteration in the case has a great share as well as pride on the part of the aggressor now whoever will please to take this scheme and either reduce or adapt to an intellectual state or commonwealth of learning will soon discover the first ground of disagreement between the two great parties at this time in arms and may form just conclusions upon the merits of either chaos but the issue or events of this war are not so easy to conjecture at for the present quarrel is so inflamed by the warm heads of either faction and the pretensions somewhere or other so exorbitant as not to admit the least overtures of accommodation this quarrel first began as i have heard it affirmed by an old dweller in the neighbourhood about a small spot of ground lying and being upon one of the two tops of the hill parnassus the highest and largest of which had it seems 
been time out of mind in quiet possession of certain tenants called the ancients and the others was held by the moderns but these disliking their present station sent certain ambassadors to the ancients complaining of a great nuisance how the height of that part of parnassus quite spoiled the prospect of theirs especially towards the east and therefore to avoid a war offered them the choice of this alternative either that the ancients would please to remove themselves and their affections down to the lower summit which the moderns would graciously surrender to them and advance into their place or else the said ancients will give leave to the moderns to come with shovels and mattocks and level he said hill as low as they shall think it convenient to which the ancients made answer how little they expected such a message as this from a colony whom they had admitted out of their own free grace to so near a neighbourhood that as to their own seat they were abhorrences of it and therefore to talk of them of a removal or surrender was a language they did not understand that if the height of the hill on their side shortened the prospect of the moderns it was a disadvantage they could not help but desired them to consider whether that injury if it be any were not largely recompensed by the shade and shelter it afforded them that as to the levelling or digging down it was either folly or ignorance to propose it if they did or did not know that side of the hill was an entire rock which would break their tools and hearts without any damage to itself that they would therefore advise the moderns rather to raise their own side of the hill than dream of pulling down that of the ancients to the former of which they would not only give license but also largely contribute all this was rejected by the moderns with much indignation who still insisted upon one of the two expedients and so this difference broke out into a long and obstinate war maintained on the one part by resolution and by the courage of certain leaders and alleys but on the other by the greatness of their number upon all defeats according continual recruits in this quarrel whole rivulets of ink have been exhausted and the virulence of both parties enormously augmented now it must be here understood that ink is the great missive weapon in all battles of the learned which conveyed through a sort of engine called a quill infinite numbers of these are darted at the enemy by the valiant on each side with equal skill and violence as if it were an engagement of porcupines this malignant liquor was compounded by the engineer who invented it of two ingredients which are gall and copperas by its bitterness and venom to suit in some degree as well as to foment the genius of the combatants and as the grecians after an engagement when they could not agree about the victory were one to set up trophies on both sides the beaten party being content to be at the same expense to keep itself in countenance a laudable and ancient custom happily revived of late in the art of war so the learned after a sharp and bloody dispute do on both sides hang out their trophies too whichever comes by the worst 
these trophies have largely inscribed on them the merits of the cause a full impartial account of such a battle and how the victory fell clearly to the party that set them up they are known to the world under several names as disputes arguments rejoinders brief considerations answers replies remarks reflections objections confutations for a very few days they are fixed up all in public places either by themselves or their representatives for passengers to gaze at whence the chiefest and largest are removed to certain magazines they call libraries there to remain in a quarter purposely assigned to them and thenceforth begin to be called books of controversy in these books is wonderfully instilled and preserved the spirit of each warrior while he is alive and after his death his soul transmigrates thither to inform them this at least is the more common opinion but i believe it is with libraries as well as other cemeteries this at least is the more common opinion but i believe it is with libraries as with other cemeteries where some philosophers affirm that a certain spirit which they call brutum hominis hovers over the monument till the body is corrupted and turns to dust or to worms but then vanishes or dissolves so we may say a restless spirit haunts over every book till dust or worms have seized upon it which to some may happen in a few days but to others later and therefore books of controversy being of all others haunted by the most disorderly spirits have always been confined in a separate lodge from the rest and for fear of a mutual violence against each other it was thought prudent by our ancestors to bind them to the peace with strong iron change of which invention the original occasion was this when the works of scrotus first came out they were carried to a certain library and had lodgings appointed them but this author was no sooner settled than he went to visit his master aristotle and there both concerted together to seize plato by main force and turn him out from his ancient station among the divines where he had peaceably dwelt near eight hundred years the attempt succeeded and the two usurpers have reigned over since in his steed but to maintain quiet for the future it was decreed that all polemics of the larger size should be hold fast with a chain by this expedient the public peace of libraries might certainly have been preserved if a new species of controversial books had not arisen of late years instinct with a more malignant spirit from the war above mentioned between the learned about the higher summit of parnassus when these books were first admitted into the public libraries i remember to have said upon occasion to several persons concerned how i was sure they would create broils whether they came unless a world of care were taken and therefore advised that the champions of each side should be coupled together or otherwise mixed that like the blending of contrary poisons their malignity might be employed among themselves and it seems i was neither an ill prophet nor an ill counsellor 
for it was nothing else but the neglect of this caution which gave occasion to the terrible fight that happened on friday last between the ancient and modern books in the king's library now because the talk of this battle is so fresh in everybody's mouth and the expectation of the town so great to be informed in the particulars i being possessed of all qualifications requisite in an historian and retained by neither party have resolved to comply with the urgent importunity of my friends by writing down a full impartial account thereof the guardian of the regal library a person of great valour but chiefly renowned for his humanity had been a fierce champion for the moderns and in an engagement upon parnassus had vowed with his own hands to knock down two of the ancient chiefs who guarded a small pass on the superior rock but endeavouring to climb up was cruelly obstructed by his own unhappy weight and tendency towards his censure a quality to which those of the modern party are extremely subject for being light-headed they have in speculation a wonderful agility and conceive nothing too high for them to mount but in reducing to practice discover a mighty pressure about their postures and their heels having thus failed in his design the disappointed champion bore a cruel rancour to the ancients which he resolved to gratify by showing all marks of his favour to the books of their adversaries and lodging them in the fairest apartments when at the same time whatever book had the boldness to own itself for an advocate of the ancients was buried alive in some obscure corner and threatened upon the least displeasure to be turned out of doors besides if it so happened that about this time there was a strange confusion of place among all the books in the library for which several reasons were assigned some imputed it to a great heap of learned dust which a perverse wind blew off from a shelf of moderns into the keeper's eyes others affirmed he had a humour to pick the worms out of the schoolmen and swallow them fresh and fasting whereof some fell upon his spleen and some climbed up into his head to the great perturbation of both and lastly others maintained that by walking much in the dark about the library he had quite lost the situation of it out of his mind and therefore when replacing his books he was apt to mistake and clap descartes next to aristotle for plato had got between hobbes and the seven wise masters and virgil was hemmed in with dryden on one side and wither on the other meanwhile those books that were advocates for the moderns chose out one from among them to make a progress through the whole library examine the number and strength of their party and concert their affairs this messenger performed all things very industriously and brought back with him a list of their forces in all fifty thousand consisting chiefly of light horse heavy armed foot and mercenaries whereof the foot were in general but sorely armed and worse clad their horses large but extremely out of case and heart however some few by trading among the ancients had furnished themselves tolerably enough while things were in this ferment discord grew extremely high hot words passed on both sides 
and ill-blood was plentifully bred here a solitary ancient squeezed up among a whole shelf of moderns offered fairly to dispute the case and to prove by manifest reason that the priority was due to them from long possession and in regard of their prudence antiquity and above all their great merits towards the moderns but these denied the premises and seemed very much to wonder how the ancients could pretend to insist upon their antiquity when it was so plain if they went to that that the moderns were much more ancient of the two as for any obligations they owed to the ancients they renounced them all it is true they said we are informed so few of our party and have been so mean as to borrow their subsistence from you but the rest infinitely the greater number and especially we french and english were so far from stooping to so base an example and that there never passed till this very hour six words between us for our horses were of our own breeding our arms of our own forging and our clothes of our own cutting out and sewing plato was came by chance up on the next shelf and observing those that spoke to be in the ragged plight mentioned a while ago their jades lean and foundered their weapons of rotten wood their armor rusty and nothing but rigs underneath he laughed loud and in his pleasant way swore by god now the moderns had not proceeded in their late negotiation with secrecy enough to escape the notice of the enemy for those advocates who had begun the quarrel by setting first on foot the dispute of prudency talked so loud of coming to a battle that sir william temple happened to overhear them and gave immediate intelligence to the ancients who thereupon drew up their scattered troops together resolving to act upon the defensive upon which several of the moderns fled over to their party and among the rest temple himself this temple having been educated and long conversed among the ancients was of all the moderns their greatest favorite and became their greatest champion things were at this crisis when a material accident fell out for upon the highest corner of a large window there dwelt a certain spider swollen up to the first magnitude by the destruction of infinite numbers of flies whose spoils lay scattered before the gates of the, his palace like human bones before the cave of some giant the avenues to his castle were guarded with turnpikes and palisados all after the modern way of fortification after you had passed several courts you came to the centre wherein you might behold the constable himself in his own lodgings which had windows fronting to each avenue and ports to sally out upon all occasions or prey or defence in this mansion he had for some time dwelt in peace and plenty without danger to his person by swallows from above or to his palace by brooms from below when it was the pleasure of fortune to conduct thither and wandering bee to whose curiosity a broken pane in the glass had discovered itself and in he went where expatiating a while he at last happened to alight upon one of the outward walls of the spider's citadel which yielding to the unequal weight sunk down to the very foundation thrice he endeavoured to force his passage and thrice 
this centre shook the spider within feeling the terrible convulsion supposed at first that nature was approaching to her final dissolution or else that beelzebub with all his legions was come to revenge the death of many thousands of his subjects from his enemy had slain and devoured however at he at length valiantly resolved to issue forth and meet his fate meanwhile the bee had quitted himself of his toils and posted securely at some distance was employed in cleansing his wings and disengaging them from the ragged remnants of the cobweb by this time the spider was adventured out when beholding the chasms the ruins and dilapidations of his fortress he was very near at his wit's end he stormed and swore like a madman and swelled till he was ready to burst at length casting his eye upon the bee and wisely gathering causes from events for they know each other by sight a plague split you said he it is you with a vengeance that have made this letter here could not you look before you and be dead do you think i have nothing else to do in the devil's name but to mend and repair after you good friends friend said the bee having now pruned himself and being disposed to draw i'll give you my hand and word to come near your kennel no more i was never in such a confounded pickle since i was born sirrah replied the spider if it were not for breaking an old custom in our family never to stir abroad against the enemy i should come and teach you better manners i pray have patience said the bee or you'll spend your substance and for aught i see you may stand in need of it all towards the repair of your house rogue rogue replied the spider yet methinks you should have more respect to a person whom all the world allows to be so much your betters by my troth said the bee the comparison will amount to a very good jest and you will do me a favour to let me know the reasons that all the world is pleased to use in so hopeful a dispute at this the spider having swelled himself into the size and posture of a disputant began his argument in the true spirit of controversy with resolution to be heartily scurrilous and angry to urge on his own reasons without the least regard to the answers or objections of his opposite and fully predetermined in his mind against all conviction not to disparage myself said he by the comparison with such a rascal what art thou but a vagabond without house or home without stock or inheritance born to no possession of your own but a pair of wings and a drone pipe your livelihood is a universal plunder upon nature a freebooter over fields and gardens and for the sake of stealing will rob a nettle as easily as a violet whereas i am a domestic animal furnished with a native stock within myself this large castle to show my improvements in the mathematics is all built with my own hands and the materials extracted altogether out of my own person i am glad answered the bee to hear your grant 
at least that i am come honestly by my wings and my voice for then it seems i am obliged to heaven alone for my flights and my music and providence would never have bestowed on me two such gifts without designing them for the noblest ends i visit indeed all the flowers and blossoms of the field and garden but whatever i collect thence enriches myself without the least injury to their beauty their smell or their taste now for you and your skill in architecture and other mathematics i have little to say in that building of yours there might for aught i know have been labour and method enough but by woeful experience for us both it is too plain the materials are not and i hope you will henceforth take warning and consider duration and matter as well as method and art you boast indeed of being obliged to no other creature but of drawing and spinning out all from yourself that is to say if we may judge of the liquor in the vessel by what issues out you possess a good plentiful store of dirt and poison in your breast and though i would by no means lessen or disparage your genuine stock of either yet i doubt you are somewhat obliged for an increase of both to a little foreign assistance your inherent portion of dirt does not fall of acquisitions by sweepings exalted from below and one insect furnishes you from a share of poison to destroy another so that in short the question comes all to this whether is the nobler being of the two that which by a lazy contemplation of four inches round by an overweening pride feeding and endangering on itself turns all into excrement and venom producing nothing at all but flybane so that in short the question comes all to this whether is the nobler being of the two that which by a lazy contemplation of four inches round by an overweening pride feeding and engendering on itself turns all into excrement and venom producing nothing at all but flybane and cobweb or that which by universal range with long search much study true judgment and distinction of things brings home honey and wax this dispute was managed with such eagerness clamour and warmth that the two parties of books in arms below stood silent a while waiting in suspense that would be the issue which was not long undetermined for the bee grown impatient at so much loss of time fled straight away to a bed of roses without looking for a reply and left the spider like an orator collected in himself and just prepared to burst out it happened upon this emergency that aesop broke silence first he had been of late most barbiously threatened by a strange effect of the regent's humanity who had torn off his title-page sorely defaced one half of his leaves and chained him fast among a shelf of moderns where soon discovering how high the quarrel was likely to proceed he tried all his arts and turned himself to a thousand forms at length in the borrowed shape of an ass the regent mistook him for a modern by which means he had time and opportunity to escape to the ancients just when the spider and the bee were entering into their contest to which he gave a 
his intention with a world of pleasure and when it was ended swore in the loudest key that in all his life he had never known two cases so parallel and adapt to each other as that in the window and this upon the shelves the disputants said he have admirably managed the dispute between them have taken in full strength of all that is to be said on both sides and exhausted the substance of every argument pro and con it is but to adjust the reasonings of both to the present quarrel than to compare and apply the labours and fruits of each as the bee has learnedly deduced them and we shall find the conclusion fall plain and close upon the moderns and us for pray gentlemen was ever anything so modern as a spire in his air he turns and his paradox he urges in the behalf of you his brethren and himself with many boastings of his native stock and great genius that he spins and spits wholly from himself and scorns to own any obligation or assistance from without then he displays to you his great skill in architecture and improvement in his the mathematics to all this the bee as an advocate retained by us the ancients thinks fit to answer that if one may judge of the great genius or inventions of the moderns by what they have produced you will hardly have countenance to bear you out in boasting of either erect your schemes with as much method and skill as you please yet if the materials be nothing but dirt spun out of your own entrails the guts of modern brains the evidence will conclude at last in a cobweb the duration of which like that of other spiders webs may be imputed to their being forgotten or neglected or hid in a corner for anything else of genuine that the moderns may pretend to i cannot recollect unless it be a large vein of wrangling and satire much of a nature and substance with the spider's poison which however they pretend to spit wholly out of themselves it is improved by the same arts by feeding upon the insects and vermin of the age as for us the ancients we are content with the bee to pretend to nothing of our own beyond our wings and our voice that is to say our flights and our language for the rest whatever we have got has by infinite labour and search and ranging through every corner of nature the difference is that instead of dirt and poison we have rather chosen to till our hives with honey and wax thus furnishing mankind with two noblest of things which are sweetness and light end of section one part one read by elijah fisher